And funnily enough, that is the noise my legs make when I open and close them. <laughs> when you're when you're sleeping very heavily. Hey there, welcome. She's back. Ding to dong. motorcycle bitch. She's back. And this here at the Recycle Garage in sunny Santa Cruz, California. Wow, it's great to be back. Not only is it great to be back, what a great day today. Yes, all the oh, things. A little bit got done, but again, it's just the usual people coming and hanging out and having conversations. Yeah, and, but that's what the Misfits is all about. Eating food. And yes. Talking talk. Yes. Yeah. And all the things. Yeah. In fact... We had so many people. We picked up an extra one today here for the show. Let's let's see who's here in the studio with, with me. Hey, everyone. This is Liza. And uh, I am back, and I brought some bits and bobs with me. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> see, I learned how to speak English, mm. didn't I, Emma? <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> and is uh, Bob your uncle, too? And before I introduce the rest of the group, I just wanted to say, hey, big thanks to everyone for covering while I was gone. I always say that the shows when I'm not there are some of my favorite. You guys had those were good shows. I really enjoyed listening to them. Emma, you did great. Of course. Last week, running the show, telling your stories. For some reason, when I'm here in the room, I just gloss over when you just rammer on and on. But I'm listening to a podcast. I'm like, wow, this is really entertaining. No, and I can actually vouch for that because when I get a, when I get on one of my rolls, I'll look over at Liza and I swear her fucking eyes have rolled back in her head. Yeah. And she looks like dead. And then as soon as I stop, the millisecond I stop yakking, she comes back to life. It's like raising the dead. <laughs> it's a curious thing. It is an incredibly curious thing. You're no better, Jim. Who what? Who what? <laughs> Who I am what? riveted to every word you yeah, speak. Yeah, I know you course. are, darling. Well, you guys did a great job. Really no, thank you, sweetie. So, running the board, it's everyone's favorite stump. It's Stumpy John. Hey, I am full of apple pie, shrimp, <laughs> oh. and clams. Oh, yeah, God. We'll get, do we'll I have to, to sit that. so close <laughs> to you? Yes. And, of course, I'm still waiting for her. Her OnlyFans page, since that was uh, mm-hmm. hinted at, it's Miss Emma. <laughs> Hello, darling. And uh, I keep my bits and bobs in minikers. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all present in the counted for. Tra la la. We probably have enough photos around to create her only, OnlyFans. You can make a page. lot of money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> OnlyFans. Oh, my God. Uh, we call it the muddy shrimper. <laughs> 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 oh, that's great oh my god oh, oh gosh yeah, i think it'd be <laughs> i'm not sure about the money shrimp be more like jaws uh, this picture. <laughs> captain, <laughs> captain quint getting gonna need a bigger boat <laughs> we're gonna need a doctor here in a minute <laughs> Oh, oh my oh, god. Oh no 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 no. It's an incredibly bad idea. Well, and of course if you've been with us for a while or like some of the listeners have gone back and managed to listen to our whole catalog. Yes. It's crazy. Then you probably recognize that voice. It's Douglas. Are you calling me old? Yes. Yeah, okay, yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. I got to say this dark cherry apple cider is amazing. Who made that dark cherry Ooh. apple cider? Uh, it's a- Angry Orchard. Is that Cragmont? I don't know, it's fucking delicious. Mm. <laughs> Stuff you can get in a can. 
Yeah, and stuff uh, you can get in a can. Looking dapper in his shorts today. I always love the view from across the room. Yeah, yeah. It's naked Jim. I, I got a dangler for you. I see you trying not to look. He's got the bits oh, and bobs. I can see you look. You look. She looked. Uh, That's what that is, a dangler, huh? Happy. I was wondering. <laughs> when I get scared, it, it pops out. Anyway. It's like a scared turtle. Happy to be here. Great to have Doug here. Yeah, thank yeah. Day. Thank you. Well, and, um, oh, Emma. You yes, glad to know. So, you know, I spent the last couple weeks. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I I spent the last couple of weeks writing triumphs, and I still writing triumphs. I haven't written any yet, but while I was in the UK, I got to sit on a very special bike, Tell one that we talked about oh. as the sexiest scooter of all time. Oh, I I saw a picture oh. of it, the yeah. Italjet Dragster Bagel. I need to know what do you think of that bike? Is it sexy? Uh, I- it's not my kind of sexy though maybe for some people well i I thought i I thought of you i might think differently if i wrote it we'll see so i'm i'm gonna come to bagel's defense because i know bagel from first course to dessert and i think bagel is very much like me italjet dragsters come in two flavors they come in gen one and gen two yeah and the gen ones are God, they're drop-dead sexy. And the Gen 2s are probably a better scooter, but they're just not quite as sexy. I'll tell you no, something, I, I, Bagel. No, I, I, I got to say, I, I never cared for the look of them from the, from the get-go. I just thought they it, it's it's a different aesthetic that does, just doesn't appeal right. to me. I think the Gen 1 does, is the more radical. Yeah, yeah, I, will, I would say so. But... What does appeal to me is the performance. Yes, and I, I've never, I've never ridden yeah. either of the the um, either of, of the the uh, dragsters, but I would love to give them a try. So here's a question which dovetails into this, and then we'll get to who else is in the room. But we uh, we got them all. Oh, we got them all. Fantastic. <laughs> so um, uh, Scotty was in um, the garage today and making noise about a fifty cc. Machine, oh. a scooter or a motorcycle, it's capable of a thousand miles in twenty-four hours, and I said, I'm not sure if that's actually possible. You had somebody on the Cannonball scooter, what? Cannonball on a fifty cc ruckus, right? Yes. Yeah, but, but that is not an iron butt. <laughs> but exactly because if we kind of extrapolate the best, the best for a fifty cc, it's got to be like fifty miles an hour. But that's at best 40, mm-hmm. kind of 40s about where it's at. 40 times right. 24 is 960. So you haven't even made that 1,000 right. miles. And you haven't right. stopped for my, gas and you haven't stopped to go for a pee-pee or take a poo-poo. Right. And my average speed on my uh, my iron butts was about 42 miles per hour. And that was you know pretty close to you know the, the, the limit of what I could do within... You know, to do a thousand miles within twenty four hours, right? So but what sort of speed? Fast... Well, I mean, what, what, what top speed I was doing, you know, seventy five, eighty. There you go. Because to maintain that average but speed, I, I had I had to stop for gas. I had to... right because you have to stop for gas. You have to stop for traffic. You have to stop right you know, for for construction. You know, whatever else might come come in your way. You can't do that if you're if you have a forty five fifty mile hour top speed. Yeah, so I, I, mean, don't, I don't think it's capable. You know, I don't think it's doable. 
But we always stand maybe, to be corrected. Maybe, maybe if they they towed a a streamlined trailer that had fifty <laughs> gallons of fuel in it, they could yeah. do it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but that's exactly the kind of conversations we have in the garage. Good times. I actually helped uh, Jake two point fix his Vespa. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, he did look great in that Davy Crockett jacket he was wearing in the in yeah. the the open helmet he was riding around and he looked like he came right out of like 19 1976 or something he's a great guy yeah and, and of course at about 1 30 a black jaguar pulled up blasting john coltrane from the speakers and we dumped a lot of motocross gear Mm-hmm. we have a lot of gear uh if anyone is needing gear come down and come, get it. come down and get it and particularly if you need dirt bike gear well actually i already called clay at first rides and gave him the heads up to come down and collect motor motorcycle gear, motocross gear. Okay, good. So that's that go- goes to a good home. That's going to be more for the instructors than the children because it's mostly large, but it was a mega stash. Yeah. So, um, and before we get into my big trip, I just wanted to say uh, John and I had a great ride yesterday. Yeah, it was fun. Live to ride, ride to eat. That is our motto, and boy... We ate. Did we? I saw the pictures um, of you getting rough with a crustacean. Mm -hmm. We ate two pounds of shrimp. Oh, my God. A pound of clams, (laughs) a pound of mussels, sausage, corn, potatoes. We did. And then we we went for pie. (laughs) It was great. Uh, That's such a good thing. But I got to go ride the Triumph. And this is the thing. I I had that Triumph a couple months now. Had some problems. Had to sort out. Electrical's all sorted. I, it's been a month since I fixed it, and the battery held the charge. Oh, so brilliant. It's all fixed. So I hopped on that and rode it down because I've been riding Triumphs a lot lately. In fact, I've seen a lot of Triumphs. And what are your thoughts, later On Triumphs? As a brand, yeah. Oh, I think that Triumph is making a lot of really good moves, what with uh, getting into the motocross. And I saw the the Scramblers, the little 400 uh, Scrambler and street bike that they have. Yeah, how they, they look? They look pretty as... Yeah, um, they're on display. Oh, excuse me. Well, that's the thing. Now, isn't Honda doing the mid-sized Scrambler bikes again? Yeah. yeah. Jim, could I grab a little bit of your water, darling? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I'm trying to think. They were yeah, on display. Well, we saw the Honda... The, the Scrambler yesterday at, at uh, Monterey Power Sports. Mm. How they look? They look kind of cool, <clears throat> the pictures. Yeah. Yeah, they look, they're okay. What was Knox's friend that was here today looking for a bike? Maybe someone that Evelyn. Size, you know, yeah, Evelyn. Check these out. Like an Evelyn Pass bike. that around. <clears throat> Those are the Triumph 400s. Thank you, Jim. Oh, yeah. So hey. um, let me uh, get to my trip. So as you know, Kat and I went to the UK for our epic adventure. The whole goal, and, and Emma, you know, I have so much uh, respect for the UK in the amount really? of iconic motorcycle locations. And this was the whole reason for going there. Right, I know. There's a lot of stuff packed in a small space. Yes. So uh, I'm just going to I'm gonna rattle off all the places Kind of we like my knickers. There's a lot <laughs> of stuff packed in a small space. Nevertheless, we, so we I'm, I'm going to rattle off everywhere <coughs> we went and, and did. Uh Went to the bike shed in London. Oui. Um, then we went up to the Isle Man for the Manx. Oui. That was cool. Um, then I went and spent some time with Haley, who drove me around to every shop and every track oui. in Northern England and Northern Wales. Oui. There's 
so many tracks. So are, are, are a lot of those like speedway oh. speedway tracks? Can no. I, can I jump in here? Haley, congratulations. Yes, cheers. Yeah. Bebe. Haley gave me a goddaughter. No. I was oh, actually joking that it was, in fact, your child, and you were very kind letting Haley feed <laughs> Yeah, pretty, pretty much. Yeah, you've got that um, arrangement. But well done, Haley. Yep. So, yeah, went and visited a lot of shops. I'll get to those. The Triumph Factory. Yeah, you did the factory tour. Yeah, it was really cool. Riding in Wales. Oh, look you uh, Went to the Silverstone uh, Raceway. Okay, very which famous is their raceway. Famous, yeah, in in UK. The National Motorcycle Museum, right, and the Ace Cafe, right. All of that in two weeks. Amazing. Those are all like these were all the hot spots. Do you, you say bike shed? Was that in there? Yep, uh, bike shed. Did you get to ride like ride past the people eating and stuff? We didn't have our bikes yet. Oh, okay, darn it. Okay. Yeah, that was the first day. Um, but you know, it's just an iconic. It's an iconic location that's got a restaurant and a store and a barbershop and a tattoo parlor and everything all in one place. And it's just all bike shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, what a great way to kick it off. Did right? you, how, did you, I didn't ask you, did you have any rain or anything? Yeah. So we, we can cover the weather. Uh. So we were there scouting out a potential tour in the UK. And we came up with a couple issues. Now, all these things I just listed off were amazing destinations but the weather is unpredictable in fact um haley took me into a dealership they're no longer selling bikes they got rid of their bikes and are only selling gear it was huge right i'm like what that's not how this is working right now they're like i know but they found that because they have such a huge selection they become the real go-to place and they had about a quarter of this giant store was rain gear Wow, yeah, of course. Rightly so. Out here, we right. go to Cycle Gear, and it's like, ah, oh, there's a couple frog togs in the corner. Yeah. Yep. You know? Like a garbage bag. Yeah. <laughs> and there, it was like right. rain gear. And here's the thing. I have even more respect for UK riders, because that don't stop them. No. They pack nope. their, their rain gear, and they go ride. Mm-hmm. Full stop. Because they know, even if it starts out as a sunny day, there might be rain somewhere in the middle, and they just... They just deal with it and plow on. Yeah, but to a certain extent, that is very much a European thing as well. Yeah. Um, In Germany, everyone's got rain gear. And, you know, you just have it with you on the bike. And you have these fluorescent suits that you pull on over your motorcycle gear. Lots of high-vis there. A lot of high-vis. And you just, you know, as soon as it starts pouring with rain, just out comes the high-vis suit. Put it on. You just carry on. I mean, I've done... Like 160 clicks on the outer barn in the pouring rain, just aquaplaning like hell. It was fun as what? <laughs> Brilliant. But yeah, I mean, that's a Northern European thing. The weather is unpredictable, Liza. Weather's unpredictable. So if you're having a tour, not everybody's signing up to go someplace and ride in the rain and rain gear. Well, you just need to make sure that that's full disclosure. Well, if you're going to England, you're when you up to do yeah. that. Yes, when you sign up for the tour. Now, we were lucky. We didn't have that much rain. Um, in fact, I never had to put on my rain pants, but I put on my rain my rain jacket over my jacket. Um, but I never, it was never like pouring, right? Um, and the other thing, and I'm very sorry, Emma, but you know, with Cat's tours, one of his standards is have good food on the tour, <laughs> and we struggled finding good food in general. Um, 
we found that it's that in, and, and Emma, tell me if this is a, a generalization that you, the food in the UK is more like working class food. And when you go to a good restaurant, they take working class food and just prepare it very well. No. And I think that's largely true. Um, People misunderstand English food a lot. I hear a lot that it's stodgy, that it's boring. Yeah. But what you've got to understand about England is it is primarily a cold country. It's a damp country. Food is fuel out there. You need fuel. You need fuel to keep you warm. You need fuel to keep you going. And that's what British food is. Even I confound my American friends. Because I'm deeply working class, um, and I eat that way. I was brought up eating that way, as a lot of people are in England. And I can go to the fanciest restaurant in San Francisco, and I'm looking for the hamburger. <laughs> you're, looking for, you're looking for the mushy green peas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but yeah. Can we talk I, about that? Never, what is the obsession with peas? Well, peas themselves are... I do not do mushy peas. They're absolutely revolting. Matter of fact, peas. <laughs> disgusting peas are great i don't like peas and they come with everything no listen i love those peas okay i'm gonna tell you miss emma's way of preparing peas do you eat them with a knife well you can so torture here is this is miss emma's cookbook here's how to prepare the perfect peas so get some night and you can do them frozen you'd never want to microwave peas So you boil up your water in a little saucepan and you put in the peas and you cook them. However, some people add salt. I don't. I add a little teaspoonful of sugar and it really makes them sweet. You serve them piping hot. You get a a big knob of butter, drop it on the top. Perfect. Hmm. And that's the correct way to serve peas. Peas do not belong with fish and chips. Yes, they do. (laughs) But they belong with a knob. Does curry sauce, though? Just saying, just saying. It goes so, with everything. <laughs> so the, those were the only two things that weren't perfect, is finding, like, good food. You know, you go to a pub, which is just very simple, and it's going to be simple food. And How uh, was the fish and chips, though? I had good fish and chips. I had, I had not so good fish and chips. I mean, we live in a seaside town. I mean, I'm used to good fish and chips. Um, but what it does uh, make up for... It makes up with is charm, charm everywhere you go. Well, Isle of Man, especially, I would imagine, just everywhere, charm. Yeah, still, yeah. So, and oh, then then the third thing that we encountered. So, you know, if you're touring a country, you may want to get off of the freeway and go do some of these back roads and see the farms right. and and see, you know what people what life is like out there. This did not work. And Kat had gone through a great amount of effort to plot all these back roads. Emma, what are the back lanes like through farm country? Well, they are quite treacherous because you'll often be on what's laughingly called a two-lane road. It's really a a single lane. It's a single lane road. And, of course, a tractor will fill fill up the entire lane. Yep. so you're looking for for um, ways to pass high stone walls either side hedges, which, well or hedges hedges extremely sharp little hedges which confound you thinking about riding into them cow shit mud at the gates so there's plenty of slippy stuff 
really poor visibility. Yeah, um, how fast would you safely travel fun. on these lanes? <laughs> well, I mean, to be honest with you, um, whenever I've gone and visited my brother, um, he's always terrified me by doing about a gazillion miles an hour down these things, going so fast. In fact, we're experiencing the Doppler shift. Um but really, 40 miles an hour is... 30 miles an hour is what the restriction is yeah. on these. 30 miles an hour, not not fun. In fact, one of the, the, the low points was, I think, uh, I forget where we were, but it was tight lane, high hedges, misty rain, and only the smell of sheep shit. Which means they're sheep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think this was in Wales. Just the smell of sheep shit, like, I want out of here. I want out of here so bad, <laughs> you know? Well, but, arguably, I mean, the so, holes of Wales smells of sheep shit. So what we discovered was those those lanes were not the way to travel, but the A roads and the M roads. So what does that mean? The M roads are basically the freeways. Mm-hmm. Well, that's M motorway. Yeah, M motorway. And that the A roads are those, like, actually, like, uh, two-lane back highways through that you know through farmland that are meant to move a little bit faster that are connecting village to village oftentimes and those were quite quite pleasant too were they mostly just straight or a lot of curves no there's curves and rolling hills and never long and straight roads never it's all kind of rolling hills but i actually enjoyed hopping onto the freeway would you think Mm -hmm. you wouldn't be because it's beautiful countryside it's pretty and it's it's just green, and you could really see the landscape and see where you're going. But I found that this trip was more about the destinations and less about the ride. Um, I think on Kat's trips, uh, it's more about the ride, wouldn't you say, Emma? I think it's so, It's about yeah. the rides every day and the amazing roads. And so uh, even though I was a little disappointed in these roads, the destinations more than made up for it. Right. So I found that just going there and going from place to place – meeting people along the way, seeing these charming villages and just, you know, it was cool. And I will say, I don't know why, but I've had this idea when we talk about Birmingham, where you're from, I envision uh, stone walls that are with soot on them and cobblestone. Well, it was like that when I was growing Mary Poppins and stuff, Dick Van Dyke. Yeah, it wasn't that at all. It was very nice. It's a A lot of green around. So... Let me tell you a little bit about Birmingham, and it's changed a lot over the years. Um, If you see any film footage of Birmingham from the 1960s and 1950s, it was that grim, grey industrial Mm -hmm. city, and proudly so. Um, Amongst working-class cities, I mean, Birmingham stands pretty much alone it's the second largest city in england sorry manchester it's not you it's birmingham um and it's it's brum i mean it's it's a great city but it has become quite gentrified over the years what Uh, is it analogous to in the u.s like chicago detroit detroit yeah i'd say it's closest is detroit um but you know it's kind of that was the birmingham that was Number one, I'm 20 years out of touch because I haven't even set foot in England in 20 years. But I've heard that, you know, Birmingham, is, it's it's a very modern city. It's a very green city. Um, they're really working with the spaces they've got there, which is absolutely great. I'll tell you a useless fact about Birmingham. Oh, yeah? Um, in terms of length, miles, not width, there are more miles of waterways in Birmingham than there are in Venice. 
Huh. Who knew? Now, Venice mm-hmm. has got more water because, of course, it's got waterways that are half a mile wide. Yeah. But in terms of actual distance, length, traveled, Birmingham has got far more miles of waterways than Venice. So, so those were our like our first observations of like uh, and our expectations of what this is going to be like, right? Yes. Now let's get to the good stuff. Yes. Uh, after leaving London, we shot straight up, uh, basically to Haysham to catch the ferry to Isle of Man. Fantastic. Nice. Now we've had Yuri on here talking about Isle of Man, and, and it's billed as the most dangerous race in the world, and I really didn't know what to expect. When they say it's an island, like I, I didn't know what to expect. Um, it's quite, it's it's a, it's a pretty big island. It takes a, a while to go around it, and it's what's amazing is like we were there. This was the hundredth anniversary of the Manx. Yeah, that'd be hundred years. Wow. This, uh, you know, it takes a, it takes a few hours to take the ferry there. So you're not. It's not like you're traveling just across a little river. Uh, you're going quite a ways, and. It is uh, a community that understands that motorcycle races happen, and they all accept it. That's probably the only reason they're there. And they, you know, every day they have schedules of when the roads are closing. Wait a minute. They have schedules. Yep. And then they are closed. So we got there our first day, and our our, our housing, um, shout out to Kat, he did an amazing job finding places for us to stay. We had our own house on a farm, not 15 minutes from the port in Douglas. Did you get to milk anything? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I chased some barn cats. Oh, there you go. Um, we were like literally 10 minutes from McDonald's, but you, we were out in the countryside with livestock around us. It was beautiful. Nice. So that was really cool. Um but our, our house was on the inside of the track, and we arrived, and we were on the outside of the track. And this is why we, we were going there to scout stuff out. And the track wasn't closing till 9 p.m. that night. So we had to hang out and do stuff, yeah, watch, watch bikes, get some Thai food, you know. There you go. It wasn't until like two days later we discovered the secret tunnel. I was going to say, isn't there like they'll put a temporary <laughs> overpass or something where you can, nope. pedestrians can get back and forth? Nope. No. Wow. It's amazing. No, when they're going to shut down for the races, you need to make sure that you are in whatever village or section you need mm-hmm. to be in uh, because there's not a lot of roads other than this is the main road that goes around connecting all these villages, right? But they have a secret tunnel that is normally a pedestrian slash bike path tunnel that they... They pull out the blockades and let people drive through during the race. <clears throat> we right. didn't learn that till like day, day three. <laughs> <laughs> but that is a you know a, a thing that you know it's good to go there and learn. Isle of Man was awesome. I really enjoyed it, and I really enjoyed the Manx because it, we weren't dealing with the crowds that you get at TT. Um, it was just more. I don't know. Like, how was it getting around the island as far as from like? Location to location because you rode bikes, right? Like, yep. it's easy enough to find parking oh, and, 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 and good viewing spots and all that. Yeah, and just to clarify, I was on the Triumph uh, uh, Tiger 850 Sport. How'd you like it? It did the job, though I kept trying to shift into seventh gear on the freeway. Right, they are quite low good. Were you looking for power? 
not down low. It was there if you needed to maneuver or do something. Right, but it had it. But, but it didn't you, have like a cruising thing. Yeah, okay, I get you. Um, and, and remind me, I got to come back. There was a, a a thing happened with the tiger. Uh, that yeah, I'll tell you about a thing. A thing happened with it. A thing. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that. Um, Isle of Man. So went and visited the ferry bridge. Went to oh, I, I got these on to show you guys. Murray's Motorcycle Museum. Cool. And check this out. Look what I got myself. What's that say, John? I got my little bracelet. Isle of Man TT Course Marshal. What? Ooh, what happened there? Yeah, well, um, uh, the first full day there, I went down to the grandstands to watch the races and meet people and watch, do the pits and everything, and there was rain. So here's another thing to learn about Isle of Man. They will shut that bitch down very quickly because it is so dangerous. I really like that they take that serious. If the mountain uh, track is fogged in, they'll shut it down because they can't get helicopters up there to to rescue people. Mm. If it rains in certain areas of the track that are known for pooling, they will shut it down. In fact, it rained in one village. It was sunny and the rest of the the village, you know, rest of the island, they, they canceled the races because of this one place that's known to be... Like totally canceled or just postponed? For that day. That okay. day. They're like, yep. It was, it was practices. Oh, okay. Shut it down. <clears throat> so I was like, okay, well, I turns out a friend of mine uh, was a marshal. So I called her up and she came and met me. She took me into the marshal tent and got me a buff and this thing, got me some free stuff. Nice. Swag stuff. And then um, took me for a tour and I saw, Emma, have you, you been to Isle Man? Yes. I saw the wheel. Oh, the Black Sea. Yes. <laughs> yes. <coughs> it's a giant water wheel. The size of like the biggest Ferris wheel you've ever seen. Yeah, but it's wow. a water wheel. Mm-hmm. Saw a bunch of castles. Yes. Uh, there's a place, Castle Town or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, found out that there are other tracks. They have other races. Cl- other clubs hold other races. And oh, you, you say track, just a, a course you can take on the city course, They call it the track. Yeah. There are other courses that are set up in other parts of the island for other races. So it's more than just TTMAs. Right. They're just smaller, like, club races. Um, Kat and I did the mountain course twice. By the mountain course, it means you get to... Do the entire thing from Douglas all the way around. And boy, it's stunning when you're up on that mountain and there are no speed limits. When you see a circular sign with a black slash through it, that means go to town. I'm not used to seeing that kind of thing. Um, (laughs) And uh, you come up over that mountain and then you're the kind of you come up over the peak and you're looking down on Douglas and the, the ocean. It's beautiful. And it was really cool to experience that and know that these racers, iconic racers, you know, that you're seeing what they see. Mike Elwood, Giacomo Agostini. So any famous people you saw? Uh, yeah. Uh, Michael Dunlop and, of course. Well, the uh, Dunlops are royalty. Just royalty. Yeah. And, of course, uh, now I'm blanking on his name. Um, have Guy a pint. Martin? No, he wasn't there. Have a pint with, oh, shoot, uh, John. McGinnis. McGinnis. Mm-hmm. Oh, Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I say I have a pint because when I was at the... So that's uh, cool. The, Those guys are salty. 
a motorcycle show in London a couple of years ago. They had a little pub set up and a sign that says, have a pint with John. He just sat there at a table and people, oh, yeah. people yeah. come yeah. and have a drink and hang out with him. That's funny. <laughs> I know. Uh, he's won like 24 races or something. Right. I mean, huge. Long careers. Um, but it was, it was, it was really cool to see things. I went, um, when I went to the Murray's Motorcycle Museum. So, Here's the thing I recommend doing. I did this a bunch of times on this trip. If you're in a museum, there's not so much stuff to see, right? And you don't know what any of it is. And so I go up and I ask like for a curator or the owner or somebody and a manager. And I'm like, yeah, um, can you, I know you've got stories for everything, but I just would love to know if you can pick one item in this museum and tell me its story. I would appreciate that. And he's like, I, I got it. So he, he marches me. Uh, this is Peter. He's got to be like 80 years old, maybe 94. I don't know. He was, he was an old guy. And he marches me over to this race bike in the middle of the floor. And he points at it and he goes, first woman to win an Isle of Man. Hmm. There you go. And it nice. says, said Carolyn on it. And I'm like, I know that bike. I don't know. That's the I one story, story I know. Nice. <laughs> and here's the funny thing. He's like, hop on. Wow. And then he sat on the bike and he took my camera and took pictures of me. And I was like, awesome. And then when I got the camera back, I looked. There was no photo. Oh, no. Oh, no. What? Did it really happen? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> yeah. But it was, that was really, really cool. So did a lot of sightseeing, saw stuff. Um, I would definitely go back. What, definitely go back. What's the population of the island? 86,000. I, I just no. looked it up. 86,000. Yep. Okay. Douglas is the main. Like Santa Cruz. Then there's a lot of these little little villages and areas and sections. Okay. And random pubs. and. But once you're there and you see, like, people shoom, shoom, shoom down these roads. Because it is. It's <clears throat> I can't imagine the videos do any of that justice, right? Well, no, but when you see a wrestling mat wrapped around the telephone pole, and you're like, that ain't going to do shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> but they try. Just so they can see it better. They try. They do. And wow, uh, they have like 150 marshals spread out all over the track at every street and roadblock and corner and everything. I mean, they're all volunteers. It's a massive effort. Mm-hmm. Massive effort. Pretty amazing how they do that. So I don't know about TT, but the Manx, I had a lovely time. I would go again because not only are you seeing the fast sport bikes, you're seeing vintage bikes going, you're seeing everything. Were you able to, or did you try to go like around the pits or tech yep. inspection and that kind of stuff? Oh, yeah. That's I was cool. stood right in front of tech inspection, watched them. So do you miss something there? Walk, walk, walk the pits and took pictures and talked to people when I was with my friend Janet, because she knows a lot of the people as a marshal. And you know, dare <clears> I say <throat> it, that if you've never been before, as big a spectacle as the Isle of Man TT is, the Manx is a great start, because it's... It's very, very easy to get overwhelmed at the Isle of Man um, for the TT because they're just so crowded and there's so much going on. It assaults you so much. It's almost like if you do the Manx the year before, it's going to give you this little taste of what it's about and almost prepare you for the, for the Isle of Man TT. I don't know. What do you think? I, 
Honestly, I mean, I talk to people and they're like, yeah, yeah, you want to go to the TT. I think it's like we've been to Laguna Seca when MotoGP was there. Huge. Hundreds of thousands of people. Lots of vendors. Really exciting, Mm -hmm. right? But then we also go when it's just, you know... Moto America. Orama. Or and, yeah. and Arma. And we have a fun time because you're not fighting crowds. Yep. Yeah. You can go around and talk to people and walk the pits. It's more just laid back. There's something and I to like be that. said for everyone. Yeah. I like that. If you're a hardcore um, you know, follower of certain racers and you want to be there, but no, I just found that it was easy to just you know go buy a ticket sit in the grandstand and we we met people and talked to people there everyone was just really chatty and and we met a lot of people so really great experience would definitely go again highly recommend going to the manx it wasn't that expensive and the it's easier to go ride the course because the roads are open a bit more it's less of a shit show but you do have to be careful because there are the asshats on ducatis who think they want to but you know they want to mm-hmm. show off how fast they are yeah. and they're coming and here's a you know, delivery van coming the other yeah. direction so they have to cut in i had a guy almost clip my mirror cutting passing me and cutting in front uh. like come on you know so i would think with tt it's a bit crazier but really loved it so um from there i actually split off from cat because we were there for five days i wanted to go spend time with Haley and tom before the baby came so yeah what do you do with somebody who's about to give birth make them drive you around to every track and and shop Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and uh that was really cool there's so many tracks there of all different sizes um but the shops were really neat to see um that's where i sat on the italjet mm-hmm. dragster and see all the brands they have there um these ccms are because of the uh, tiered licensing, so many small displacement bikes. Mm. You know, they have um, Duke's. We've seen the Duke 300s. No, no, they they have a Duke 125. Oh, wow. What? Yeah. Hmm. Oh, wow. Crazy. Because you need a 125 for your sure. s- starter. Yep. And that was really cool. Though, you know what, Bagel, I was surprised there weren't that many scooters. Hmm. But am I maybe, maybe you can answer maybe this. In, maybe in London, right? No. Mm, no. No, uh, no. British people no. don't like scooters because they're stupid. Um, <laughs> here's something I found that's interesting. That's not British people. That's scooters. I want to phrase that properly. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> British people are very smart and scooters are very stupid. I found that there were a lot of people on very large displacement bikes. There were a lot of KTM 1290s. A lot of... Yeah, you um, mentioned that. Of, uh, the Triumphs, like 1200s. Big bikes, but you can't really open them up like you do here on our freeways. Yeah, but I mean, you know, it's a, it's kind of a rite of passage over there, and it always has been. It's like you get your first big bike, and now you're on big bikes, and just kind of how it is. I guess, yeah, right. Pa- you earned it. Yeah, you, you can a, do it. Yeah, you earned it. You can do it, and now you got your big bike. Yeah. So um, a couple days later, Cat came and joined us. And we went to the Triumph Factory. This was one of the things that was kind of a big deal for me. Have you been to the Triumph Factory? You have to have been. Yeah. No, it was built after I left. Oh, right. In Birmingham? No. No. It's in Hinckley. Oh, God, Hinckley. Jesus. (laughs) It's It's not that far. (laughs) It's in Hinckley. Are people Uh, in Hinckley stupid or are they they, smart? No, they're incredibly smart, like all other English people. I say it's not. I want to make that absolutely clear. Smarter than Birmingham. Oh, no. <laughs> a little shorter. <laughs> I say it's not that far, but 
by our standards here in California, nothing is that far. That's right. Uh, I don't think I told you uh, when I uh, got the word that Haley had given birth and I needed to get to the hospital, you know where I was? Go on. I just pulled into Cardiff, which yes. is in southern Wales, and yes. Haley is in northern England. Yes. And I said, I'll be right there. Been about an hour and a half. Yeah. No. no, I think it's maybe five hours. Yeah. Does that sound about right from yeah. Cardiff up to Warrington? Yeah. I had to stop and, and back in to pick up my suitcase, and it wasn't yeah. that long. Maybe four. four it, you can go anywhere in the UK for what is considered a lunch run Did for Did you us. find some good uh, country roads uh, in between <clears throat> Isle of Man and Haley Bell? Wales. Or Wales and oh, Wales Wales is fantastic. Yeah. However, Wales, I am told, from um, a traffic standpoint, is the most heavily policed country in the world. Well, let me get back to Wales because I want to talk about the Triumph Factory. This place was impressive. And you were with Laura, one of our long-term listeners, right? Yes. So my friend Laura that I met at where we're over in England. Yes. And she is currently trying to get a job as a docent there on the tours. Mm. So she knows all the other tour guides. And uh, so Why she... Why hasn't she got a job yet? Uh, they don't have a spot, but they're working on it. But what that means is she's very familiar with the, the, the place and everyone who works there. In fact, she has one of her own bikes is... Uh, on display there okay, at, at the factory. So um, factory, they've got a cafe, a store, a museum, really cool, old stuff, new stuff. Um, but then when you go into the factory tour, can't take your cameras in, so I can't show you any pictures. But right away, on the first like room you're in that you're looking at, it's these racking that are got to be like six levels high and probably like... Uh, I don't know, 100, 100 bays deep. Mm-hmm. They said that they've got 6,000 bikes on the racks that are all pre-sold waiting to be shipped out. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Another thing that was interesting when we were there, I saw two guys wheeling um, a Yamaha and a Ducati past us into a back room. No, and that's quite normal. And it, Yes. And they're like, like they, they said, we all buy each other's stuff. <laughs> they well, all buy each other's stuff to take it apart, see how it works. It apart, they go to a shop, works, they yeah. buy it, they bring it in, they see how it works. The first time I ever saw a Yamaha OW01, which is like the that's a production racer. That's the mm-hmm. you know what an OW01 mm-hmm. is, John. Um, the very first time I saw one of those at the Flesh was actually at the Norton oh, Works in Shenston, and they were reverse engineering it. Hmm. <laughs> because Norton Rotaries were made in a tiny, tiny little village between Birmingham and Litchfield called Shenston. I mean, it's literally, it's a <laughs> on the map. Yeah. But that's where Norton Rotaries were made. And they used to buy all these superbikes and bring them in, reverse engineer them. Mm. And that was for chassis stuff, not for engine stuff. Because they had their rotaries, you see. So, Tra-la-la. Jim, I also tried one of our tricks. I'm like, I, I took yeah. our one of our tour guys aside afterwards. I'm like, <laughs> can I see the vault? Where's the door? I want to see the vault. Door. And they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I know you have a vault. You guys all have vaults. <laughs> Bikes that aren't on display. Mm-hmm. The secret stash. And he's like, we don't have a vault. It's those racks, those rackings. Mm-hmm. They're just all, like there were all sorts of bikes just wrapped in plastic, just on these, these giant racks in this great big warehouse room. But um, we they took us through and, and um, 
they had behind closed doors, they're working on the 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 dirt bike, the motocross bike. Uh, Couldn't see it, but uh, my tour guide did say every now and then when we were walking past that section, he goes, keep an eye if the door opens. Because <laughs> sometimes you'll <laughs> get a peek. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they walk real slow. Keep an eye. They were doing a lot of the tigers were on the production line there. Tigers are huge for them. I think it's like 25% of the triumphs right. hmm. are tigers. Um, but they took us through different sections um, of assembly. And a lot of the stuff is being manufactured. So they showed us that they've got different factories around the world where different components may be getting made. So that they're bringing stuff in and then assembling there from other places. Makes sense? But something that they do at this factory... It's pretty darn cool. And I, I didn't tell all of you this. Pinstriping. Oh, yeah. Is still done by hand. Yes. Oh, wow. In fact, the head pinstriper, fourth generation Triumph pinstriper. Oh, wow. No shit. Wow. Fourth generation. And he goes around, and they have other factories around the world. Is his thumb like just one giant callus? <laughs> no. Five but they showed us like the technique and the brush. I forgot to write down what it was the brush is made from not a feather but mm. the f- hair of some animal i'm like how do i, how do I get that and it was like mm. fox hair or some some it's something not, no it's not sable is it <clears throat> no i or forget horse, what it was horse hair no it was it, but i'm like that was an animal that i'm like i'm not sure how lizard get that. hair but <laughs> um i mean so, not all models have a pinstriping some of them it's just built into the decal but there are many models that do and it is still done by hand and that's something that they're very proud of there that craftsmanship of hand pinstriping yes so that that was really cool so had a great time uh how many bikes do they put out a day i don't remember the number um but i was there at lunch and the production line wasn't moving (laughs) (laughs) so it's hard to tell but here's another thing that was really interesting we've talked a uh, long time ago we had uh uh, darren in here who was a designer for bmw who talked about the process of sculpting the clay when they're designing making Mm -hmm. new bikes and you'll still see pictures of models being sculpted in clay that is pretty much gone away it doesn't happen it's all computer anymore. Now. It's, all computer yeah. it's yeah. computer and then it is 3d printed or cnc'd Every little part, they, they'll they 3D print these parts and then mock them all up. As a mold, right? Mm-hmm. Well, not like the pinstriping. Here it says they use squirrel hair. Is the yeah, it might have been that. It was some hair? animal. I'm like, squirrel. that's what it, uh, yeah, squirrel, yeah. yeah, like squirrel hair. Yeah. Something that you so they don't really school. farm. Fucking yeah, here's hair. a shotgun. There are some squirrels. <laughs> I need a brush. <laughs> See, I'm a pinstriper slash hunter. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Um, so, yeah, the whole... Um, development design is different now i'm gonna ask you guys a question i don't know the answer to but this is a question that i posed at the factory and no one there could give me a direct answer and i want your best guess so they have many different models that they make there from you know bonnevilles to to the tigers to i don't know there's a ton and they even so you know like the little 400s and i said there has to be some some part that they're using on everything. It's cost-saving, right? <clears throat> Certainly, they're not making an, an, a different foot peg or a different clutch lever for every single model of bike. Emma, what's your best guess 
one part, and we're not talking about fasteners, something that you're buying from, you know, have on the shelf. What one part designed for a Triumph motorcycle do you think might be cross-used on the most models? Mm. If you had to take a guess. Now, we, 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 we came up with a, a good guess, but again, even the docents, nobody had... I would guess like that. license plate bracket, something that's like DOT or whatever the British equivalent. I of. mean, lighting actually. But you got a lot of different fender and fender mounting yeah, positions, and that, and you know the whole lighting, the way it's suspended, and the shape of the lighting itself, it can give a bike its hmm. character. So you want to pick something that's really generic, and I'm almost thinking like grips. I'm almost thinking like Ooh. grips. And I know Triumph have got heated grips yeah. and non-heated grips, but I, I want to say that all Triumph grips are pretty much the same. Again, I don't know the answer. We were thinking maybe a headlight bucket? No, because no. again, we go back to the thing. A lot yeah, of... the Tiger doesn't have one. Mine doesn't. A, a lot of the individuality of the bikes is expressed via the shape of the fuel tank and the shape of lighting, both headlight and taillight. So... No, that wouldn't be it. Well, like, uh, if you go um, certain era of KTMs, they all had the same instrument cluster. Yeah. They, all of them did, right? But everyone was different on these bikes. Even I was riding an 850 uh, GT and... Well, you had the big Air Sport and, and Cat had the 900 and they were different. Yeah. So What about oil filters? Do they share a lot of those? Oh, yeah. yeah. The oil filters are very... Bagel, that's kind of like a fastener, I know. No. I'm just curious. Mm, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Well... Or I, what about a battery cable? Something like that? Yeah, I don't know. It's a good question, and it's a good opportunity to post that question if anyone out there thinks they have a guess. I'd love to know. I said, you know who's going to know? Somebody who has an Addy machine on their desk. That's <laughs> probably true. Yeah. Exactly you know, true. Paper tape. But remember, a lot of these parts are contracted out. I guarantee you that the battery cables on a Triumph are contracted out to probably Vallejo. You know what? The oil filters are made by a Germany, German company called Mann. Who make a lot of filters, M A N N. So, um, you know, they, they, a lot of these. Ooh, 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 ooh. I have a guess. I have a guess. I have a good guess. Yes. The ignition module. Yeah. What? Where your key goes in. The ignition module. The ignition lock? Yeah, yeah. Where you put the key in. Mm. Uh, maybe. What about no. the turn signals? No. No, turn signals are different on different bikes. Could be the ignition. They uh, might have a keyed ignition that is the same. Levers. Because they've yeah, all got smart keys. Mm-hmm. They've all got smart keys now. They've all right. got an antenna. I know. And, you know so, I mean, if you go from like a Bonneville to a Tiger, I think I don't think levers are going to be the same because this one's a vintage look. But what would be the same? Maybe where the I, I've n- keyed ignition. They all look the same to me. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Anyway, I, I don't know either. But I think it's a fun fun question to ask. So, if anyone wants to send a guess, send it to motorcyclesandmisfits at gmail.com. And if you are an accountant and have an adding machine <laughs> on your desk, we will give you greater credibility in your answer. Maybe foot pegs. No. I know. I thought of that, Something too. Like that. Or no. the passenger peg. Oh, yeah. Because uh, foot pegs are different from a, from well, a so bottom to from a tiger. Like, yeah, that to the, like the sport bike to the adventure bike. It's a lot, that's a lot to bridge. Isn't that an interesting question? Yeah. Rear axle, yeah. muffler bearings. Uh, no, yeah, there you go. Blinker the... fluid. Yeah. <laughs> How much of the, uh, say, the Tiger, for example, is actually made in England? 
I don't remember too. the stats on that. Like is again, the they they have factories in like Taiwan, I think. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Thailand. Thailand. Is it Thailand? Oui. Okay. Yeah, they have factories around. So, yeah, re- really cool. That was a that was a big highlight for me. It was, um, and it's it's really nice there. And with the museum, they have everything from some very old vintage bikes uh, to to you know customs and and uh, they had Daniel Craig's 007 bike. That see that bike up there on display yeah. in the model that we have. Daniel Craig's that was numbered seven out of two hundred and fifty. Oh, oh, seven out of 250. Nice. I, well, I see what they did there. <laughs> uh-huh. <clears throat> exactly. Well, um, I want to take a, a quick break because we have a game coming up, a very special game. You want to play a this game. could go bad. This could go really good. So we'll they, find uh, out. They always go spectacular. <laughs> but first, I want to give a shout out to our sponsor of this show, AG1. Maybe you've heard of AG1 before. It is a really it's it's a it's a lifestyle change, you know. This is not a a, a meal replacement. This is really a way to get your vitamins and to be healthier. And I'm trying to make an effort. I got my box of AG1 here, and it says right on the front. AG1 is comprehensive and convenient daily nutrition with 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients made for just about everybody. And you've been enjoying it, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah it tastes good. It's, you know, you, you mix it in with water. It's really simple. You don't have to have a blender or anything going on. It's it's green, which tells you it's healthy. But it <laughs> tasted like, remember we were trying, like it tastes like, like bananas, like mm. some fruit. Not weird. It'd be a I good, really like smoothie it. type thing too. Yeah, I mean it's yeah. You just mix it into water and, you snort and it, and drink it down. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Not recommended. Good. Here's the thing that you don't have to take a lot of different vitamins or supplements. This is the one thing. It's got everything in there. AG One is a foundational nutrition supplement that delivers comprehensive nutrients to support whole body health. It replaces your multivitamin, probiotic, and more in one simple drinkable habit. And the other thing that's really nice, you can get the big pouch and scoop it every day. Or right here, I've got, these are travel packs, so you can have a They'd be great to bring a pack of like Put them in your hydro pack or something. Exactly. So these travel packs, each one mixes up with, uh, with, this is just 12 grams in each. So they make it really easy and I don't know, I think for a lot of people, you know, our age, like we need to start making some changes to our, yeah, Doug, the young guy like in the room. Milk it, milk it, Doug. <laughs> how old are you now? He's turning 50 next 40 week. 40. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you used to tease me about that. <laughs> so check out AG1. I'm sure you've talk, heard other people talk about it. It's a good product and that's why it is still around. People love it. So if you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash motorcycles. That's drinkag1.com slash motorcycles. You can check it out there. You can drink it in the morning. You can drink it in the afternoon. You can drink it at night. Or snort it. It's just yummy, (laughs) yummy goodness. There you go. Thanks, AG1. I like yummy goodness. Green and good. Green means good. And go. All right. Are you guys 
ready for game time? Yeah. Always, always ready. Yeah. yeah. Let's go. Feeling. Do you know what that music means? If you do, you're old. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I never heard exactly. it before. Oh, guess what? It is time for the Misfits dating game. Burp, burp. All right, first burp, up, burp. we're going to bring our bachelorette. She's looking for loving and cuddling. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bachelorette Emma, tell us a little something about yourself. Well. I'm uh, 61 years old. I have an incurable bedwetting habit. I enjoy sausage pornography and eating oranges. (laughs) 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 All right. So what we've done is we've got our bachelors here and they have each chosen a motorcycle or scooter (laughs) that they will be representing. Hmm. So, Emma, I'm going to give you an opportunity. You're going to ask some questions about them. They cannot tell you the make and model of the bike, but they've got all sorts of stats. And then you have to pick which bike you want to go on a date with. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's right. Okay. All right. Pick me. Bachelorette Emma, I'm going to give you the floor. Okay. Let's go. So um, I've got to decide who's bachelor number one, bachelor number two, or bachelor number three. All right, let's go. John is one, Jim is two, and Bagel is And since you have Douglas next to you, you can confide in him if you want to ask him his opinion. Okay. Bachelor number one. Yes. Are you into chains, belts, or the good old-fashioned shaft? Ooh, I do, I do love the shaft, <laughs> but... Um. Hmm. But I'm gonna say chains. You're gonna say oh, chains. chains. Bachelor number two. Same question. Oh yeah, baby girl. When I'm taking my inline four <laughs> fast around the track, you better believe that chain's taut and tight. Ooh. Ooh. And well lubed. <laughs> oh. All right. Bachelor number three. I have a different question for you. Oh, really? Yeah, bachelor number three. Um, do you like your little button pressed, or do you prefer a good kick to get started? <laughs> mm, I like having my button pressed. <laughs> <laughs> bachelor number one, same question. Ooh. Ah, uh, boy, there's nothing like in the morning when you mount me and you give me a big kick. There's Ooh. nothing like that. <laughs> oh, I say... Did you just uh, fart too? I no, did. that was a chair. Uh-huh. <laughs> For real. <laughs> sure. If anybody knows me, know that I claim my children. No, I mean, if, if, if he'd have farted right then, I would have just picked him out right now. Winner. <laughs> Bachelor number two, yes. same question. Oh. Do you like your you like your button tickled, or you'll, do you like a good kick? You you'll know what I'm talking about when I say neither one, baby girl. Because when we get on the track, we're gonna spool up with one of those little things you put on the rear tires. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're talking next level here. Okay. Next question, Bachelor number three. How do you like people on top of you? Do you prefer laid back, standard, sitting upright, or face down? Uh, I prefer uh, an upright position. Oh, I bet you do, honey. <laughs> Bachelor number two, same question. Oh, I'm sorry. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> do you prefer, when people are on top of you, do you prefer them sitting upright, laid back, or face down? Oh, like a, a 
like a monkey humping a doorknob. No, we've like <laughs> face down, ass up, you know, having pimps roll. <laughs> okay. Number one. Yes. Same question. Well, I'm a very special boy because I like it any way you like it. I can be upright. I can be hunched down. I could be any way that makes you horny, baby. Do I make you horny, baby? <laughs> Do I? Fantastic. Um, all right. Bachelor number one. How do you like your rubbers? Do you like them ribbed? Do you like them slick? Do you like them knobby? Ooh. Well, generally, uh, I'm someone that really likes the ribbed. I like I like a good ribbing. Yeah, you like a good rib <laughs> section. Yep. Bachelor number two, how'd you like your others, doll? Race. <laughs> Did he just fart? <laughs> He's trying to win. It's the chair. He's trying to he win. He just no. He just farted. <laughs> I can smell the egg. Oh, it's oh, nasty. No. Bachelor uh, number two, how'd you de- like? Depending it? on where we are, I like I like my rubber sticky. Oh, a lot of times yeah. I, it's a hard choice, but some days soft is better. Yeah, you well, know. you know, if they don't start off sticky, darling, they will with me. Um, bachelor number three, how'd you like your rubbers? Uh, I prefer ribbed. You prefer rib? Oh, I say. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. (laughs) Bachelor number two. What kind of plug do you prefer? Don't say plug. Don't say butt plug. Don't say butt plug. Say it. Say it. Uh, I don't know about, you know, plugs champion, baby. I like my Bosch. We all like Bosch. But with my oversquare design, 70 millimeter bore, 48.7 millimeter stroke. At 11,000 RPM redline, that cam chain is going to be running between two cylinders like you can't believe. Slappity slap. (laughs) Bachelor number three. What kind of plug do you like, baby? Say butt plug. (laughs) Hmm. I would probably go. He was going to say butt plug. He didn't know that now. Regardless of what I come with, I think an NGK is really my favorite. The not good kind. (laughs) (laughs) bachelor number one so you know i'm i'm very old school i know that for me i like uh (laughs) because i'm a a dual coil kind of guy um and you like it lodged i do in your ass and uh, so so i like two of them at the same time okay very good um and uh and and i like a good pair of points okay good oh so right. I've made one, one more round, or are you? No, you're I'm, good. You're I'm good. I'm ready to make my decision. All right. So here's how it's going to work. You're going to pick the one that you want to go on the date with, and you're going to try and guess what that bike was. Okay. All right. You think you have it locked in? <sighs> okay. I'll go through it. Um, or do you want to try and guess what each of those are? Tell no, us no, 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 no. I'm right. just going to guess the winning one. Okay. Or, or do you need to ask a clue? One, one clue to kind of. Well, we'll get there. So, um, bachelor number one, mm-hmm. you know, as in much as I enjoyed your answers and I think you'd be great fun, I have this horrible suspicion you're a Harley, so I'm going to pass. <laughs> um, <laughs> ba- bachelor, <laughs> bachelor number three, 
You're a scooter. Yes. Don't even pretend you're anything other than that. Just don't. Yes. Just don't. <laughs> so if I'm British. Yeah, I know that, but I don't even get... Right, but I know you're a scooter. He's a maxi scooter. That's he what he is. is. No, he's a maxi pad. <laughs> um, which brings us to bachelor number two. Do I need to do I need to tempt you a bit more? Well, of course you pick. No, him. no, well, just hang on. Just hang on, Bachelor. I speak so your language. I, you did, but Macoonies. I did. I did get <laughs> flat side. I, I did get a little bit of conflicting information. You did. From I, you. I, I did. There was some gibberish in there. How many cylinders do you four. have? Four inline four. You're an inline. Oh, that's all I needed to know. Um, I think I've got this suspicion that you're like a West Coley Suzuki Superbike. You are in the neighborhood. Yeah, so you you're definitely you're definitely a superbike. So I pick you, darling. Uh, well, I am a feisty thirty eight year old. Just say yes uh, to get the date. Bro. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you say, let's go. You're, out. you're a feisty thirty eight year old GS eleven hundred. No, close though. Suzuki GSX nineteen eighty six GSX R seven fifty. Fantastic. Ooh. Yes, yes. With the patented swirl combustion chamber. Oh yes, absolutely. The old twin swirlers. You know, you can't go wrong with a carbureted Suzuki. I made the right choice. Um, Bagel, were you a DMW yes. Deemster by any chance? No. But you were British. Triumph Tina. No. No. What were you? Royal Alloy. A Royal Alloy. Alloy. Oh, I saw some there, yeah. <laughs> Bit after my yep. time, sweetie. <clears throat> yes. John? <laughs> yes, you're way off with the Harley. Oh, go on then. Ooh. I am a 1977 RD400. <laughs> <laughs> and I guarantee I'd have a lot of fun on it, but I couldn't afford the fuel consumption. Darling. 44 miles a gallon. Not too bad. Yeah, but not necessarily I'm stuck. when it's in the power band. Oh, you're, you're a stock <laughs> RD400. <laughs> Well, congratulations, Bachelor number two. Do you want to know where you're going on Everybody your knows Jim's your favorite. Yeah, where do we get to go? <clears throat> you win a trip to Alice's Restaurant. You get to ride up the coast and visit Highway 35 through the Santa Cruz Mountains, where you can enjoy all the fun on that oh, And this I'm beats. not having a flare-up uh, at the moment, so, so we're in good shape. So, yeah. um, Bachelor number two, when I spank you hard, are mm. you a screamer or a wailer? You know I scream like a banshee. <laughs> He's going to scream like a little girl. I love it. What a great game. I like that <laughs> game. <laughs> We're so silly. That was a good one. <laughs> All right. So um, back to UK Dream Trip. So. Yes. Triumph Factory. Really cool. Really love that. That's when we headed over to Wales. So here's where we found the good roads. Now, I didn't get to experience it because, as I said, I went down to Cardiff and then I had to jet and leave early to go see my goddaughter. However, <clears throat> we found out about a ride in Northern Wales. I don't want to see if you've heard of it because it's pretty cool. It's called the Mock Loop. Have you heard of this? Emma? Oh, I know what the Mock Loop is. The Mock Loop. Yeah. So the Mock Loop, apparently up in Northern Wales is where the Royal Air Force... No, not just the Royal Air Force. Air Forces from all over the world. Come to practice flying in inclement weather, foggy conditions, stuff like that. Like through the can like canyons yes. carving, right? It's through the canyons. Yeah. Uh -huh. And as fun as it is seeing the fighters come through, 
when you see the big freighters come oh, through, like nuts. the Starlifters <laughs> yeah. and the, um, I can't remember what, the Airbus A400, the big mm-hmm. four-engine thing, when you see them come through, and they're below you. That's wild. Yeah, you're riding up on, on the that mountain, cool. and in the canyon below, or the valley below, are these jets. Yeah. So, so they can fly as really low cool. as 100 feet. <clears throat> yes. And, yeah, and it, uh, there's a lot of it on YouTube. So if ever it's a rainy afternoon and you're bored, just go onto YouTube and do Mach Loop. And if you see anything big with four engines, just click on that and you'll be entertained. Another thing that we, we didn't get to visit but is on my list that is also up in northern Wales is, remember Steph Jevons, who's been a guest on our show. She was the first person to ride on all seven continents. Oh, yeah, I remember Steph. Yeah, she went to very good Antarctica. Egg. Yes. Yeah, well, she uh, she has a moto camp up in That's northern cool. Wales that you can go and stay in, like, the cabins and stuff there and do this amazing dirt biking uh, up there. So... Mm-hmm. That's on my list to go back to. Wales was really cool. We stayed in Brecon, which was right in the middle of Wales, so that we can go do day rides. How was the food in Wales? Same or? It was better. Well, I would think so. Yeah, better. probably much better. Yeah. 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 And we ate at a castle our first Ooh. night. That was really cool. Yeah. Castles are just everywhere. Um, so Wales was nice if you want to have... Um, just a nice, just nice riding. A lot of people in the UK go over to Wales to ride, but again, like from Haley's house in Warrington, I think it's she also has a house in Wales. It's like forty five minutes away, so it's not it's not far. But um, that was that was really cool. Um, then we headed down to, and this was another highlight: Silverstone Raceway. Oh yeah, yeah, cool. Now I've been to tracks here in the states, you know. One of the most famous tracks here, right in our backyard, Laguna Seca. 15 Doug, minutes from my shop, baby. Doug, you, I mean, you know it's a world-class uh, yeah, track. Sure. It's like the hood version of a track when you see <laughs> Silverstone. <laughs> Silverstone was, it was big. It had like just the, you know, the pit lane mm-hmm. looked like a convention center. It was huge. Wow. It was multi-levels. So much stuff going on. That that was a whole building into itself uh, was the pit lane. and um, Opened in 1948. So just after yeah, the war, huh? What's interesting, we were looking at, we went to the, there's a museum for Silverstone next to the track. It's, it's adjacent to the track. And one of the things they showed was really cool was the history of the track and how they change it from time to time. And what's interesting is they slowed it down by putting in chicanes and right. curves for better viewing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not a safety thing for better viewing. That's all right, though. I mean, and because ultimately, and see, that's what makes it very, very smart. And motor racing, whether it's motorcycle racing, whether it is. Uh, car racing, truck racing, whatever. It is a spectator sport. Yeah. We as the public go there to watch these things moving very, very fast on the track. And the more of them you can see and the more you get this real sense of speed, the more exciting the racing is. That's why Laguna Seca is such a great track 
because there are spots where you can see a great deal of the track. Mm, no, Sonoma, you can see a great deal no, of the track. Laguna Seca, there's a, there's a couple of good spots where yeah. you can see mm. most and of You it. can see a lot and you can really get a feel for the speed. Yeah. So that makes perfect sense to me. Mm-hmm. Well, in comparison, uh, Laguna Seca, we'll, we'll take a golf cart or, or people hike up right. to go to the top of the corkscrew mm-hmm. and we sit <laughs> down in the dirt. Watch bikes go by. Well, at Silverstone, we our hotel was on the track. Oh, that's nice. This oh, just man. last year they built a Hilton. They took out some of the grandstands right on the straightaway. I wonder how many, built how many a pounds Hilton. it is for a room on race day. Yeah, right. With rooms grand. looking down onto the track, with the bar and the rooftop bar and the restaurant and its balconies all looking on the track. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like you don't need to go anywhere but the hotel right. to to see everything, um, but we did. We went over to the museum, did that experience. We did the 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 simulator, uh, race yes. car simulator, nice. in an F one car, which is not like a, a, a toy like you get down at the arcade. This sure. was like real deal, like intense trying to drive yeah. this car. Did it, did it move on hydraulics and everything? And no, it like, didn't. No, you're strapped into a seat. It wasn't VR, was it like a yeah, movie but screen? You know, this, you know, it was just a screen in yeah. front of But you. steering's pushing back against Oh, yeah, you yeah, yeah, like yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you had to brake hard if you didn't want to go off the track. Um, but had a lot of fun, and Kat and I came in first and second out of the whole group there in the room. Fantastic. So that was really fun, and uh, went back to the hotel. We got really lucky. Uh, we were there for two nights, three days. Uh, the first two days were um, um, Ferrari experience. So this was uh, rich guys bringing out their Ferraris mm-hmm. and their old race cars and stuff. Uh, and then some guys who were doing the rental Ferraris for track day kind of stuff. And that was just, that was really cool to see. And then there were also a few F1 cars out there that I think were doing testing. Those things are cool. loud. Yeah. Wow. One, yeah. And you're right there. And then our last day when we were checking out, there happened to be a motorcycle track day. These rooms nice. aren't expensive. I just looked for like this coming weekend. It's like 119 pounds. That's it. That's not a lot. No, that's what I said. It's not expensive no. at all. Yeah. Yeah. The motel down the street is King $500 a night on 4th of July pounds. weekend. Mm-hmm. That's just the motel. Yeah, right. No, this was primo. Good food, drinks. You get a sweep of the balcony for under 250 yeah. pounds. Yeah. But there's not much around there, is there? Um, besides like Ducati, North America. <laughs> mm. um, n- no, you, you're, you're out kind of in the country yeah. a bit. There's a lot of like warehouses and, and industry out there. And then you just hop on these country roads mm-hmm. to head off wherever you want to go. But um, no, that was that was an amazing experience. But and they even had a store. It was like two, like the size of like two gaps, just of selling clothing for, for F one cars and Silverstone and all that stuff. Really surprised. But they had like you can get onesies and like all like family. Did you, you get could, a onesie? No, but you could clothe a family. And you you realize how big of fans of racing they are over there. Now, you want to know some irony? Hmm. I was in this uh, pub, at, at pub at the castle in Wales, 
And I glance over at the TV screen in the pub. It was F1 racing at Laguna Seca. Oh, wow. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> when is the last time they when did, did that they did? at Laguna? I know. Not forever. That's the thing. We live here and didn't even know that they had yeah. F1 cars no, going had, on there. They haven't been here in a long time. It must have been an old it, race. No, it wasn't. It was a well, couple well, weekends ago. Well, no, it was no, IndyCar. No. Yeah. It was, it was IndyCar. Yeah. Was it IndyCars? Yeah, it was IndyCars. Okay, it might have been IndyCars, but... Oh, but they're open wheel. They look like yeah, 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 yeah. They're IndyCars, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Very different power output. Point being that that happened here, nobody, nobody knew. Yeah. You know? Well, IndyCars, you know, there's a very different amount of power between an IndyCar and an F1 car. It's about half the power. Highly recommend Silverstone just as an experience and staying there and, and check the calendar to see what's going on when you're there. Now, the track is not easily accessible or... What do you mean by easy? Well, I know sometimes when Cat sets up his tours, he'll tour a track. And I didn't know if that was. Well, that's why um, that's something he was looking into. And the fact that there was a motorcycle track day happening. Oh, so you can. On our last day. Okay. Yeah. um, uh, He, he, yeah, he's, he's sourcing that out. So apparently they do do, they do track days. They do do do. They do do track days. And he found a stash of like, he found out like 12 Ducatis were there at the track. He was, he was like talking to people and getting intel. But we think it's because Ducati North or Ducati UK is right nearby, mm. so they probably keep a bunch of their bikes there for events or something. They might even just be press bikes that they've given to the track to have. Right. Um, but it's 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 a big track. It's really cool. And when you go to the museum, you can actually walk out, and there's a bunch of viewing areas, and you can walk on old sections of the track. Oh, neat. Yeah. Um, one of the highlights I think I showed you guys in the museum um, was. Your guy's suit and helmet, Barry Sheen's. Oh, Barry. Oh, Doug, you haven't seen this yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Emma, what? tell Doug, what is a Barry Sheen famous for? Well, you know, Barry Sheen is arguably one of the greatest motorcycle racers of all time. And it wasn't just based on his skill. He was enormously skillful. And don't get me wrong. But he was every inch the racer yeah. character. Emma, oh, hand, yeah. the, hand that to Doug quite so he the can character. see. He was quite the character. <clears throat> Barry Sheen was rarely photographed without a cigarette, without mm-hmm. a drink in his hand, never without a pretty girl on his arm. Mm-hmm. Um, enormously talented. Or a pair of Fruit of the Looms. Yeah, working class lad, um, never forgot his roots. And, you know, he was... He really devoted his life to racing motorcycles, nearly gave his life many, many times. Um, famously crashed at Daytona. Um, famously passed uh, Kenny Roberts and flipped right, him off. and flipped off Kenny Roberts. And that <laughs> I bet was, you Kenny loved that. Yeah. Well, that was right as the baton was being passed. I mean... Well, hold that, hold that. Barry Sheen was very much the established racer, and Kenny Roberts was the snot-nosed kid coming up. Um, and the baton did pass. I mean, Kenny Roberts became number one the following year. But, I mean, Barry, he wrecked at Daytona in 74, um, and it was the highest speed ever recorded for a motorcycle crash. I want to say he was doing 172 miles Is that he still had the bank? Wow. The bank yes. turn? Yeah. No, he wrecked on the bank. So, oh. so, Doug, something he was known for, and I've heard this, and now I got witnesses. He drilled holes in his front of his helmet for his cigarette. And well, there you can see it. That's he needs awesome. the Moto Bandito <laughs> smoking helmet. Totally. So you can see it. You can zoom in and see the yeah, hole drilled could, in the helmet. There. So he could take he could take a last puff on the cigarette before the race. 
Wow. Um, that was a good puff, too. <laughs> that was a good one. Isn't that funny? So um, from there, we went on to the National Museum. Baza. Now, the National Museum, like we have Barber, we have big museums here. Uh, I actually haven't been to Barber, and we have a National Museum here, unfortunately, in Iowa that is shutting down. They're about they're to, shutting it down. Yeah, they're they're announced the oh. auction. They're gonna, they've just started previews. They're going to be auctioning <clears throat> off the bike. What a bummer. So, um, but I've been to a lot of museums, and you see a lot of different bikes. Well, as I was walking around this National Museum, I saw a lot of different brands of bikes, but I realized... I didn't see a single Harley or Indy in it or Honda or Kawasaki or Yamaha or Suzuki. That's just British bikes, huh? All British bikes. No BMWs either? No BMWs. Wow. All British bikes. Mm-hmm. And there's so many brands. And this is a... Have you been to the National Museum? You have to. It's in Birmingham, right? Emma, you've been there? Oh, many times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's huge. It's... Five halls of motorcycles oh, connecting night ton- connecting hallways. I I just thought it was like one hall, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go in real quick. Cat was waiting in the coffee shop, and I get there and I see hall one. I'm like, what? And I see a tunnel. I'm like, oh, hall two. Oh, it just kept going. Wow, all British, huh? All <laughs> British, from vintage to race bikes to Steve McQueen's bike. Mm. I mean, just all sorts of I mean, everything. Anything that's made an impact to really unique, weird, three-wheeled things. There were things that looked like, uh, uh, I don't even know how you describe, like a royal carriage hmm, trike, yeah. you know, okay, like yeah, yeah. Weir- weird, interesting powered and bikes. But the thing stuff. that I was most proud of is that in one of the display cabinets there, they have our baton and a flag mm, and a bunch of awesome. mementos from the Women Riders World Relay. That was cool. That yeah, I was cool. a big part of. Mm-hmm. So that was a real honor to see that on display there. That That's was great. cool. The baton and all oh. the other little thingies. That was cool. Yeah. So that was really cool. And then we had to um, start heading back and we finished it out with an Ace Cafe. One thing I didn't say is we had listeners coming out and meeting us at different points uh carlo um um now oh andy uh mike there was a bunch of people who came out and we even in when we were in wales uh sherry wolf and her husband came and took us to dinner you know um it was really cool having people come and meet us and hang out with us at different places so shout out to everyone who came out that was really cool and um, I know Mike was on his way to the Ace Cafe, and he got a nail in his tire. Boo. Oh no! Yeah, I oh, know. Poor Mike. So that was that was another like real highlight is getting to like hang out and meet people and talk to them and get to know them as well. Um, so we went to the Ace Cafe. Carlo, who had who came out and met us on our first day, came out and met us on the last day at the Ace Cafe and had lunch with us right next to the jukebox. Oh, fantastic. And I was real proud to see that the Recycle Garage <laughs> stickers that I put up on the ceiling <laughs> nice. are still there. Awesome. I put them there in Excellent. 2019, and they're still there. Nice. Because everyone puts all their stickers on this wall, but somebody left a ladder out when I was there. <laughs> 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 and in the little store, they have a little storing by t-shirts and patches and stuff. I shimmied up there, stuck our stickers right on the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to picture you shimmering, shimmying. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, Liza's a shimmerer if she wants to be. 
Emma just used a bicycle rack as a ladder. Yes. I know you. So the East Cafe, everyone knows. For me, that was another iconic location of visit. Oh, to go sure, there and pay your course. respects, you know. But it is a cafe. You get food and drinks there and hang out. They had just had their big reunion celebration uh, that weekend. We were there on um, Monday. Then it turns out Chris, who was here at the garage today, he was there on Tuesday. Mm. <laughs> just missed us. So... Um, yeah, the Ace Cafe, I mean, it's it's an iconic location to go visit. But we had one more place to visit that was kind of cool. And I showed you guys the pictures. So uh, going way back in our podcast to our dear friend, Elspeth Beard. And I had called her up and said, hey, I would love to come see your house. She has a, f- she's famous for her water tower. That it's like a, a six-story water, water tower. Yeah. It's like a hundred and something years old that she's turned into a house and it's got these amazing tall ceiling bedrooms and is it round like a yurt? No, it's, is it decahedron or something? It's like, (laughs) I don't know how many flat sides there are. Might be, it might be octa. Good for cage fighting. (laughs) Yeah. And it gets a little bit narrower as it goes up. Oh, interesting. And uh, it's this beautiful, Pictures amazing beautiful. house with, uh, you go up on, take the stairwell up to the roof and you're above everything uh, in her town. Um, but then she said, do you want to see the bike? The bike. The bike. Yeah. <laughs> so she took us out to the garage and the famous bike, let's see, I got the Elsbeth Beard book right there, that she rode around the world her BMW that she's rebuilt herself a couple times mm-hmm. still sitting there in the garage That's cool. and to be able to sit on it. And she let me take a picture with her and just remembering like the story she told mm-hmm. that I like, remember when um, she had a problem with the wiring, the wiring harness and she found a guy who could rewire the bike mm-hmm. and he rewired the entire bike with the same color wire. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Right? Or she talked about how, you know, she had these panniers on the back and was creating it was inst- unstable. So she created these this frame of supports right above the cylinder heads on her BMW to put like some heavy stuff, tools and stuff. That she just welded up probably on some roadside, you know, mechanic shop or something. Mm-hmm. And just to see all these things that she had you know, bodged up mm-hmm. and still sitting there. And that bike is a still, still running bike. Cool. Yeah. So, um, that, that was kind of our whole trip. It was, it was a great trip. There was a couple things I wanted to share on uh, one, um, shout out to all the car drivers in England who get out of the fast lane mm. and only use it for passing. Wow. wow. What a concept. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It was awesome. Like there was this <laughs> order and respect amongst drivers on the freeway. Like there should be. Like there should be. And if you come mm-hmm. up behind them, they immediately get out of the way. To Which see a world where civilized society. Uh, yeah, it was awesome. So, Emma. I'd mentioned that I had a problem with... um, (laughs) The hell are you looking at? I mentioned I had a problem with my Triumph. Yes. I'm going to tell you what what happened, the symptoms. I'm going to see if you can guess what I did to fix it. Oh, okay. Okay, I'll do my best. 
So, uh, our dear friend Haley had just given birth. I had stayed at the house that night. Yes. I was heading back to the hospital. Yes. And uh, I got the message saying, please bring the vials of stuff frozen in the freezer. Okay. And this was the, uh, oh, now I forgot the name. The Before the breast milk comes, you get the... Colostrum. Colostrum. They've Don't been... Way tapping me on that one. Because no, you're a parent. <laughs> yeah. They've been milking her like a goat for all this time, right? How'd it taste? <laughs> oh, oh, nasty business. Uh, so I had some frozen goods. I had I had the foresight to wrap it in a little blanket before I put it in the top box. Yes. Frozen goods. And then I also got the message, and Haley wants fruit. Okay, I'll stop, yeah. I'll stop at the grocery store and get fruit. So this, uh, so again, I'm on this 850 uh, Sport. I... Load up the bike, and I turn the key on, and I notice right away that the the console is doing something weird. Now, it goes from white to black when you're riding, depending if you're in shade or sunlight. Right. Right? It will it has a sensor and flops back and forth. Well, this has gone kind of zebra-striped and has code, error codes running down it. Ooh. And I'm like, ooh, that's not good. Like, oh, you're talking like a digital display. Yeah, the digital oh, okay, display. Gotcha, gotcha. It looks like a phone. I mean, the display on a tiger looks like that. And it, yeah, I had this like red type error codes. I'm like, ugh. But it was running. Okay. I'm like, well, okay, I'm gonna, I'll go to the grocery store. I go to the grocery store. I get off the bike, take the key out, and the the display does not turn off. It still has got like white and black stripes and error code. I'm like, well, that's weird. I toggle the key on and off a couple times. Doesn't do anything. I'm like, oh, well. I go in, go shopping, get some stuff. Come back out, load the bike up. Okay, ready to go to the hospital. It's not far away. Put the key in, turn it on, go to hit the ignition. One stop. Uh Uh-oh. Nothing. Hmm. What's up with this? Uh, Clutch lever, you know, kickstand, off, on, Nothing. No lights, no horn, no function whatsoever. That display still has that same pattern and error codes, but nothing will function. So I called the rental company because they said, if anything happens, call us first. I called them. It was a Saturday. And they're like, uh, hmm, wow, this is, uh, we, okay, we don't know what's going on. Well, you know, you probably, if you got it wet, then it might have fried something. I'm like, nope, didn't get it wet. Well, no, that can happen. If water gets in there, I'm like, nope. <laughs> I haven't been riding in, in any downpours, and I stored it underneath an overhang, and, you know, it's dry. Dry as a bone. Well, uh, we don't know, but let us call around and see if we can get somebody out there to help you. So I call Haley. I'm like, I got your frozen goods. Uh, my bike is down. Maybe you need to send somebody to come get it because I don't know how long it's going to be. And then the guy calls me back, and he's like, well, here's the problem. Where you are in Warrington, you're in the middle of a triangle of dealerships, and none of them want to drive there. And uh, <laughs> it may take us hours to get anybody out there, because it's a Saturday, and it's hard to get anyone out on a Saturday. And I'm just like, what? But, you know, like I just want to get to the hospital. Yeah, of course. So I'm like, all right, can I? I'm, I'm at a Tesco uh, you probably know where this is. I was at a Tesco, which was right next to a giant stadium where some 
match was about to play because there were a bunch of people in uniforms <laughs> all right. filing in. So it was a very busy yes, environment. environment. I'm like, can I just put it in a parking spot and leave? And they're like, absolutely not. There's so much theft yes. in Warrington. It's not a safe place. You cannot leave the bike. That just sucks. <laughs> what are you going to do? It's insured. Fuck it. Yeah. And by the way, and Cat wasn't with me. He was still an Isle of Man. So, Emma, my first question to you is, what do you think was wrong with the bike, and what? How do you think I fixed it? I'll tell you what I would do. Oh, should I? Oh, one more piece of information. Yes. The guy, uh, the rental guy, said, "Well, you may need to reset it. You'd have to disconnect the battery. We didn't give you any tools." Right, and th- that's where I was going to go. So, so I have no tools. So it sounds to me like the CAN bus went down. And to do it properly, you'd need to take the negative terminal off the battery, touch it against the positive terminal just to empty out any of diodes that are in the system, mm. leave it, and then put it back on. But you didn't have any tools. No so tools. I had the seat off, So you and I was even trying to use a key. So, <laughs> in the Phillips to try and get the battery. So you probably just pulled the main fuse and reset it that way. That's exactly what I did. I started pulling fuses. The main fuse didn't do anything, but the 5 amp ignition fuse right. did. So you've just got to isolate that Ooh. circuit and just let it reset. Yep. I waited, put it back in, put the key in, turned it on. And it was good. It was good. And, and you know, therein lies the big problem with digitized components on motorcycles. We all know from our computers, from our phones, from everything, occasionally things just need a reset. And it's not that easy on a bike because there's a lot of stored information in a Triumph. And stored information is the map for the engine, but more importantly the clock, uh-huh. and the service interval. You know uh-huh. that little wrench that pops up on the dashboard? Yep, yep. yep. and the, the wrench did come up. Right, because you set everything back and to zero. And the clock zero, was wrong, yeah. And the clock was wrong. Yeah. So. And I did get a check engine light for a while, but I didn't tell them that. No, did it go out, though? <laughs> it did go out. Yeah, it was a soft, soft check engine light, because it was relearning the map. Yeah. That's why it came on. So... And that's the problem. And I don't want to sound like the complete technophobe. Should we go back to carburetors and points? Of course we shouldn't. Um, You know, it's... Motorcycles with carbs, generally from an emission emission standpoint, are dirty. Um, You know, points are tricky and hard to set. Everybody back in the day grumbled about points. But there has to be a balance of technology and then just over-the-top technology. And I've long seen these big digital screens, like a, t- like a mobile phone on mm. bikes, as being a weak point. Well, and here's the thing, too. I, I was kind of sensing that when I was telling him. Here's, I, I think it's probably like a computer glitched out and needs to be reset. Is there a way to reset it? And he's like... 
no, you just have to take the you know, redo the battery. I'm like, well, but he kept going. Like, eh, we got to get someone out there. We got to get someone out there. I'm like, there's got to be a way to reset it. And the funny thing is when, when I, so he called me again to tell me he still didn't have anyone on the way. And I went, let me stop you there. I got it going. He's like, what? Yeah, yeah. I got it going. It's good. I'm good. He's like, what? what? I, yeah. I pulled the fuse. He went, the fuse. Oh, <laughs> oh, like he hadn't thought of that. <laughs> and so I'm like, yeah. He's like, well, okay. Well, um, well, getting the seat on is tricky. You got to make sure. You, yeah, I already got the seat. On. Well, you got to make sure you slide it in and you snap. Yeah, I already got the seat on. Like, I kept trying to tell him, like, I have a little bit of ability with a motorcycle. <laughs> but I have to assume with people renting bikes that there are people who know nothing. And sure, they yeah. don't want them to touch anything or do anything. Mm-hmm. And he just kept trying to explain to me how to put the seat in. And I kept saying, it's already on. So that was it. I got it done. Um, How long were you down? Disabled, maybe fifteen minutes. Okay, so I was able to get the colostrum delivered without it melting. <laughs> yes, mission accomplished. The pressure was on. <laughs> I know. I, I was kind of proud. I was kind of proud, proud of myself. So overall, it was an excellent trip. Would love to go again and um, and go back and visit Isle of Man and maybe the Triumph Factory. In fact, Emma. Do you have any interest in going back? So you broached this subject with me before, and you rather rashly, I feel, said Emma would be the ideal host for an English trip. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying no, but let's let's get down to realistic propositions here. I do the Dolomites training tour. Yeah. I do Castles and Curves. I do Vietnam. And if I would include England, that is well over a month of vacation time. And all the time that I'm on vacation, Mototown is closed. Yeah. So theoretically, I could do it. But sooner or later, people are going to get pissed off when they want it, their bikes worked on at Mototown. I'm simply not there. Um, so I have to kind of regulate the amount of time. I'm not saying no. What I would love to hear is from people who would either go on the English trip Mm -hmm. or our English listeners, if you'd like me to host that trip. Because, you know, you might get a lot of British people saying, oh, no, Emma's a complete wanker. We don't want her. Here's what I think. I think it can be a one-week trip, and basically in in northern England. I think Silverstone, the museum, the Triumph Factory, Wales, I mean... um, Maybe Northern Wales, Liverpool. We could stop in at my brother's for a cup of tea. Yeah, and then the Isle of Man. I think there's a lot packed into one week. No, I mean, I've no doubt it's a week trip, but when you add it to all the other trips I do, and as well, you've got to remember, Liza, that I don't actually take vacations. Yeah. Like Kat, I work very hard on these trips because having been in the hospitality industry, there's this equation that the harder you work, the better time your guests have. And you can't get away from that equation. You can slice it and dice it any way you want, but that is the equation. The harder you as a tour guide work, the better trip your people are going to have. Well, we'll we'll keep talking about it, because to me, that was a dream trip, to ride a Triumph around the UK and visit all these locations. And have it break down on you. It's fantastic. That's the authentic (laughs) Triumph-like. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So what a great time. Um, 
and uh, yeah, if you if you uh, you know listeners out there want to go to Isle Man experience it, uh, send me an email. I'll tell you where the secret tunnel is. Right, little tricks. But more importantly, I mean, if you have an interest in this trip, and I've made it very very clear that I think as we move forward as the misfits, these trips. Um, are going to really become part of our future. Uh If you want to see me host an English trip, whether you're in England or you'd sign up for the trip, just let us know. Um, Oh, I have an idea. Yeah. I have an idea. Yes. Jim, what do you think about this? Okay. What if we create a trip that we each take a section and we can just go for like three days and hand them off? Jim, you can be up in Scotland. (laughs) We'll pass them off at the border. Emma, you can take northern... Uh, UK. I'll take Southern UK. Uh, one of you two want to take uh, some of Wales? Go do the oh the mock loop. Sure. There you go, Doug. So, yeah, we can just all go for like a few days and just pass them off. Fly to the UK for three days. <laughs> Sounds like well, great. you know, I mean, I was going to say like 10, 11 hours on a plane for three yeah. days. Yeah, yeah it's a hard sell. So yeah, what just a wonderful leave you at the time! Wallace Monument. I'll see um, you there. Don't worry. And a big, you know, shout out and thanks to Cap McLeod of Layout Escapes. Uh, for, Let me tell for you, pla- so- planning it out and and booking all of these amazing places we stayed. Let me tell you something about Cap. Um, and Liza's figured it out by now. But for those of you who don't figure it out, that guy is a pro. He is an incredibly hardworking individual his attention to detail on these trips is really what sets them apart he's absolutely professional he puts on a great trip and for me he's a pleasure to work with so tra la la so i think we have time for a couple emails doug you have one there and bagel did you get yours i did okay I'll read mine, I suppose. Uh, well, well, I suppose you should, Doug. Well, I suppose I should. Uh, this is titled Texas, Texas Lane Splitting Law by Cafe Moto X. Uh, an inquiry with regards to the Texas Lane Splitting Law that took effect on September 1st. Where is AMA when the bill was presented? Also, lane splitting in Texas was already legal, but not explicitly so. The bill just made it explicit for the police, insurance claims, etc., just like California had to pass a bill in 2017. Oops, excuse me. To explicitly make lane splitting legal and now and allow CHP to present lane splitting guidelines and training criteria. Uh, also, Naked Jim's comment makes no sense <laughs> that he'd drive his truck if he couldn't lane split. If it did, no one in the other states where lane splitting is illegal, explicitly or implicitly, would ride. As for Bagel's comment on Texans not being big on governmental overreach, does he know that they've what they've done in terms of education, teachers and libraries banning, banned mentioning same-sex relationships, sexual orientation, gender, ident- gender identity, etc., trans rights, gender-affirming care, and reproductive reproductive rights to name of the three quote-unquote overreaches last please stop using air-cooled bikes as an excuse for anything (laughs) anyone that rides an air-cooled bike (laughs) does it by choice and knows and accepts the negatives liquid cool has been around long enough even for the harley crowd Uh, then there's an addendum uh one more thing i don't care if you support ama or not i don't support the ama because they're outdated and stuck in the past example helmet laws instead 
of the present and future. Ideally, AMA members and supporters should be pushing AMA to focus on the right things. In reality, I have no idea how to do this other than not be a member. AMA does not ask for feedback, nor nor does surveys uh, to members, potential members, and non-members, which is why it's very important who the leaders at AMA are, and I think they all need to go to a younger next generation. I just want to comment on that real quick. Those are valid points about the AMA, and there are a lot of people with different opinions about the AMA, what they should be doing and what they shouldn't be doing. But when I have asked Rob Dingman about that specifically, he sides with what the majority of his supporters want. And the majority of the supporters really don't want helmet laws in their states, unfortunately. And when they try to, to, you know, enforce safety features that people don't want, they will leave the AMA. So what we think of the AMA is what they should be doing to help protect people Mm -hmm. and lobby for that. They can't because that's not what the people want. It's kind of a weird thing, but, but it's a good, good point though. And, and I wanted to add real quick on that article about the lane splitting. What was really heartbreaking is to read some of the comments. Uh, There's this one that uh, says, Living near Los Angeles, it really is unsafe. I have been riding for over 30 years, and I would never put me or my Goldwing in peril. In L.A. about 10 years ago and was stopped in traffic, a motorcyclist was lane splitting when a driver opened his door to spit out a chaw of tobacco and splat. I never did hear if he survived, but never thought about doing it again. And the next person says, as a a long-time motorcyclist, I don't think it should be legal. And there are a lot of people who have this fear, which is unfortunate. A lot of people, I mean, yeah, there were people saying we should should be able right. to do it. But it's a fear of it, so they don't think anyone should do it because they're afraid of it. And look, this is a very, very important point. And I'm going to sound ass-kissy ass right now, and I'm not. The California Highway Patrol know what they're fucking doing. Whether you like their methods or not, to me, the CHP are probably the standard of the country, not least because the freeway system here in California is so well established and the highway patrol have been policing these roads for a long time. Now, at some stage, the California legislature reached out to that highway patrol and said, what is your investigation of lane splitting? And they said it is safe. Yeah, there, there are statistics. It is safe, but not compulsory. And that is the important distinction. If you don't want to do it, That's you don't want to do it. If you don't want to do it, yep. don't do it. But if you want to do it, it has been deemed safe by the California Highway Patrol. So there you go. So it becomes well, your choice. And that's the end of the argument. If you ride a Goldwing, and I've got to be honest with you, if I rode a Goldwing, I, I would think it. very, yeah, very hard I've gotten stuck behind them, lane splitting, and I'm like, right. who the fuck's blocking up the lane? So it's, it's, it's unfortunate to hear that they full out made it illegal. But here's the thing. It was never legal there. It right, was one right. of those gray laws, just like ours was a gray law until they actually made it. And it, had you listened to the show, the crux I was making was keep an eye on what your state legislators are doing because they wheel in these experts. And it applies to a whole slew of things, like Cafe Motorex said. It applies to same-sex marriage. It applies to gender-affirming surgery. It, it applies to a number of things. 
depending on the inverted commas expert they get in and advise them will depend on how that law goes down in your state. Well, let me just stop you there, as I would say. Maybe let's let's save this. Let's well, let's go back to the end. Well, no, no, I no, mean, no, no. I was, can we're, I, can we're, I explain mine? Yeah, but bit? we're out of time, so I want to say oh, maybe well, we need to save this for a much bigger conversation okay. next week. I won't week. be here for like a month. So, oh, well, what's your point then? Well, you could, <laughs> no, 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 I, no, I wanted to give everyone time and do it on another show. But if you won't be here, what, what did you want to add? Well, since I was named out, I just want to explain myself a little bit yeah, better. Yeah. So the the reason I made the comment I did, and thanks for mentioning, you know, mentioning the email, is I commute uh, to work every day. So I go about thirty five miles each direction um, on two roads mainly, Highway Seventeen. Uh, which is a mountain highway with a lot of traffic, and then um, into the heart of Silicon Valley on some expressways there. So I'm in a lot of traffic when I commute back and forth to work pretty much every day. Um, It's not uncommon on my commute to have really bad traffic. Highway 17, for example, last Uh Thursday, there was a two-car accident on the other side of the mountain from where we live. And traffic, I mean, I I think I lane split for about seven and a half miles. Um, And because of the nature of that road and the rain especially, it's not uncommon to have that kind of traffic. Same when I get over into Santa Clara County in Silicon Valley. Um, These are four-lane expressways with traffic lights. So I do a lot of filtering. So there's times where I'll filter up to a traffic light between, you know, it could be two cars. It could be, no joke, 20 or 30 cars that I filter in front of. If there's times where I can't filter or can't lane split, it gets so hot sometimes, uh-huh. right? And all this kind of, and mentally very frustrating. So the reason I said, if I can't lane split, then I just assume sit in my truck with a cup of coffee, trying to find my moment is in listening to the radio because sitting in stop traffic on a motorcycle when you could be lane splitting. Yeah. Would just try. Oh yeah, no, hundred percent, hundred percent agreed. Yeah, if I only rode on the weekends or had like wide open roads where I rode, ride it'd be very different. But in California, lane splitting is 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 a big deal. So I just want to clarify my comments. Thank you for uh, and Jim. Let me get a word in. For what it's worth, I understood your comment and Uh, I thought it was legit. Oh, all right, Bagel, you got a quick one. Yeah, uh, just to respond to what he had said in 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 the email. uh, Yes, I. uh, I have 100% on board, and yes, there are people I know in Texas who are mad as hell about those things, too. Good right. Good-o! John, All I, I want to address the AMA issue, so not the lane okay. splitting specifically. All I want to say is I, I hear the listener that the AMA can feel a little bit antiquated um, in the way they approach things. And when you, even when you go to events, you can kind of see that they're, they're a bit old school, but they're all we got, number one. Yeah. And number two... The only way they're going to modernize is by all of us join the AMA or, or younger people, younger than me, join the AMA and force those changes on it. It's just Ow. pulling back. Well, you know, like Liza said, I mean, they're they're very approachable and they're very, you know, I'm so just start sending emails, start talking to them, start engaging because I think there's a way to change it. And because we're not going to recreate something like the AMA with that kind of infrastructure quickly or easily. Yeah. No. Thank you, John. All right. Emma, you got a quick email there? I do. And this is entitled, Take the Trip, Yes, from Stephen Floyd. Um, I found myself with an extra day off this week, so I tossed two bags on the bike with a change of underwear, socks, and a toothbrush. I live in Oregon and pointed my trusty Triumph South. It's Grant's Pass to have a meal with my daughter. Oh, I've got a niece who lives in Grant's Pass. Um, I was going to take 199 into Crescent City, but it was closed due to fires. So I jumped back on five, blasted to Reading, stopping at a Motel 6, which of course is Liza's favourite. 
<laughs> Woke up early, hit Mickey D's, and headed west on 299. There's something just so amazing about riding through the mountains in California. Just stunning turn after turn. I concur, Stephen. Northern California is drop-dead gorgeous. Absolutely drop-dead gorgeous. Then I turned onto Highway 3, absolutely beautiful and amazing curves, for what seemed like hours. My goal was to ride the Avenue of the Giants. Oh, God, that's so Love it, love it, love it. Gotta do Mm -hmm. it. Have you seen that picture of me with Rufus on the Avenue of the Giants? Um, I did, and it was the most amazing road to just cruise and take in the massive redwood trees. I realized I needed to head back north for work the next morning. 101 in California is such a great, fast-paced highway. Blasted home, it took about eight hours. Rolled in at 10.30 p.m., 930 miles in total, 36 hours. Take the trip. It's worth it. You know, the last road trip, true road trip I took, was with my dear friend Michael McCarthy. He was on his Dosaduro. I was on Rufus. We did pretty much that same trip. It was a three-day trip, and yet here it is, etched on my memory, like the fond caress of a lover. Nice. Take (laughs) the trip. That's why we own fucking motorbikes. Absolutely. Well, this we got time for one more email, and we're going to find out if Bagel's going to be taking a trip. Mm, Bagel, go maybe. ahead. This is from JR. He writes, Perhaps you have heard that Phil is in the early stages of planning a scooter endurance rally slash race. I am shocked and dismayed. That the most famous reindeer scooter rider of all <laughs> is being blackballed. <laughs> I, I speak of Bagel. Seriously, Phil, no mention of Team Bagel? I hope the misfits can rally and get Bagel's name on the ballot. Is Phil afraid? <gasps> oh. <laughs> Maybe he should Gauntlet be. Gauntlet is thrown. Are, are, you, are you doing this, Bagel? I I, I I was listening to the podcast this morning on my way to uh, where I'm staying tonight, on my way back from Heinkel Fest. And um, I am very intrigued by this. Okay, but but I think I think we, there may need to be some changes to to the uh, how it's organized. Uh, but but I, I think I think there's uh, there's some, there's some potential there. I'll take the bourbon, like bagel, and we'll we'll win this thing. Okay, well, Phil, no, 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 this is this is this is on buddies. Oh. Phil, shout out. If you're afraid of bagel, watch. I'm it. afraid of bagel. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I am too. <laughs> All right, cool, Big. We'll, we'll get get into that some more and see. Um, that's it. What did you guys think? Uh, Dream UK tour sounds great. Did I did I sell it good? You something did. you're interested in? I just want to go to Idaho. Can I just do one day? <laughs> living in your own <laughs> private Idaho. Idaho. We're living in your <laughs> own private Idaho. Um, I really enjoyed oh, it, oh, Emma. I I and again, like I said, so much more respect for the riders there. That was real, real biker shit. All the writers that, that I met is, and saw. That is how I grew up. Yeah. And the thing is, I'm really the luckiest person in the world because I get to come over here. And because I live in California, I'm special and I do this podcast, but I'm very ordinary back home. Hmm. There's thousands like yeah. me, the thousands of people who just grow up with these things. And rode them and loved them and learned how to work on them. And if I was back home in England, I'd just be on the just same as everybody else. Yeah. And you kind of figured that out. 
Yeah. You know, there's a lot of very, very serious shit going on in England. There's, it's unique in motorcycling. Yeah. It really is. And I recommend anybody who hasn't ridden a motorcycle around England or experienced the English biker culture, do it. Do it. And in a lot of cases, the bigger the town and the tougher the environment of the town, the more hardcore the, the culture. There you go. Tra-la-la. All right. So I think that wraps it up. Hey, I love the email about the Great Road. And maybe we should ask people to share their favorite rides, Great Roads. Go on a ride and tell us about it. Yeah. And send it to motorcyclesandmisfits at gmail.com. Um, in fact, maybe I got to look at our website. Maybe we could have a, a place there where people can post well, if, great rides. If if somebody sends me, uh, you know, a, a report of a ride and it touches my soul or touches my bits, I'll send them a prize oh. and it's going to be a good prize. It's not going to be a folder roll prize. Oh. It's going to be a good prize. So take a ride. Tell me about it. And I will send you a prize. Okay. And I think everybody should send Phil an email about Team no, Bagel. No, no. Team Bagel. Oh, no. Let's no. not get into a war with <laughs> oh, Phil. No. no we will not win that war. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, but again, hey, guys, thank you for covering while I was gone, covering the garage, covering the podcast, keeping it going. I really appreciate it. Oh, yeah, it was easy peasy. I've <laughs> been squeezy. Yeah. All right. So, and but, you know, most of all, thanks to all of our listeners. Everyone who came out, saw me uh, and Kat in the UK, and people send the emails, and especially our Patreon subscribers. Thank you very much. Our community is just amazing. We really are lucky mm-hmm. that we have this extended world of our misfits. So thanks to everyone. On that note, um, I think I'm ready to get out of here. Thanks, everyone. This is Liza. Stubby John. Emma, darling. Douglas. Make it Jim, son. Bagel. And we are out of here. Cool, cool. cool.